I'd like to look into the Word of God again this morning in Ezekiel chapter 22, and we'll read verses 30 and 31. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. When we think of God, we think of our Creator. We think of someone who is supernatural, someone who has all power, who can do anything has no problems. We all want a life with no problems, trouble-free. But God does have some problems. In His love for mankind and His purpose for uh, mankind, He, of course, purposed that all would be saved. He purposed that man would glorify Him in the earth. Made in the image of God, He was to glorify God in His life. And this, of course, pleases God. It always has and it always will. But we find here, as you consider the context of this, the uh, much through the Old Testament prophets, uh, the land of Israel had gone astray from God over and over again. And it was a cycle of, of defeat, really, where they would turn from the Lord. And, and it got worse, it seemed, as time went on. And, and God had to do what he had to do. But there was always that yearning in the Lord's heart to to restore, to uh, provide what they really needed down in their hearts. And we know that through his faithfulness and his goodness, he has done that. In Isaiah 63, 5, there's a verse that speaks about his own arm. He says, my own, own arm brought salvation unto me. Again, a, a, a call, a, a statement, a, a concern where there was a need. There's a need for salvation. There's a need for help from God. And again, mankind being in trouble. But what did God do? Who did he turn to? He looks for hearts that will believe him. He looks for those that will be willing to obey him. But we thank God that he is able to provide what is needful when the time comes, we thank God for that. We would be in, in a lot of trouble without that. In Jeremiah 5.1, he's looking for any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth. You can be sure he's looking throughout the world today, looking for those that desire righteousness, that desire God to be honored. It's always uh, It always makes me feel good when I hear somebody out in this world making a statement where they are, uh, whether they're a Christian or not, you of course would hope they are, but that they have a desire that things are right and things are true and that there is uh, goodness in the world. And, and a Christian always is encouraged when they hear that. In Ezekiel 9, 4, there was a instruction to set a mark upon the foreheads of the men in Jerusalem that sigh and cry for all the abominations that be done. God is looking for those that are like-minded with him. And we know that for God to be able to uh, put that into an individual, they must open their heart to him and be made a new creature in Christ Jesus and be able to have his word planted 
in their hearts. Ezekiel 13, 5 speaks about the foolish prophets. If you read earlier in that chapter, uh, it, it mentions the foolish prophets and they had not gone up into the gaps. They had not filled the need. The nation of Israel needed truth. The nation of Israel needed instruction. They needed reminding. They needed to remember the things that God had said unto them. They remembered some of those things. They tended to pick and choose and they would hold on to those. But uh, again, the part that God was looking for was that having to do with the heart where a heart would open up to the Lord. And we know that uh, Moses, when he uh, came to his own people and he was, he was born in that, uh, in that family, uh, the children of Israel. And in Deuteronomy 18:15, he made the statement, he made the prophecy that a prophet is uh, going to be raised up in the midst of thee. And like unto me, he said, they knew that, that Moses was a prophet of God, that he was, uh, God had called him. God had moved in his life and, uh, through the signs that the Lord, uh, showed all that, even the world, those that uh, the news traveled far, what God did through Moses. And as the children of Israel left Egypt, it was a big deal. It was a, a, a thing that was needed for the children of Israel. Their deliverance had come. They had been 400 years in need of deliverance. God prophesied through uh, Abraham that they would go down into a land that it wasn't going to be a good, a good, easy time, but there would be deliverance. There would be victory that would come. And it was all through uh, God's power and his uh, provi- providing hand. And Moses himself, he just let them know he, it wasn't going to end with him. And we thank God for uh, the way the the way the Lord works. He works through people, and and they they pass the message on to the next generation. They say, "Keep listening, keep reading the Word of God, keep listening to what God would say to you through His Word and and by His Spirit." In the New Testament, over in John six fourteen, uh, the the uh, children of Israel again they remembered some of these words. They didn't always remember again all they needed to and apply them. But they said, uh, this is that prophet. There was a specific person and uh, not just a generality. You know, God works specifically in our lives. He he has points where he works in a real way. And that's what we desire this morning, that God will will meet with us even here in his house. And later on, another chapter later there, it says this. The people stated this is that prophet. They, they could see that all those many years ago when Moses had prophesied that a prophet would come and this was him. He's here. The great need that has been present for so long and what we have been longing for and trying to, I'm sure they, they tried to figure it all out. They tried to understand how this would happen, but uh, there were those there during Jesus' ministry that the Lord revealed it to them. This is He. This is Jesus Christ. And and they were thrilled to know that, but they didn't know yet all what to expect even at that point. In Galatians 4.4, it says that, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son. You know, God has a timetable. When Jesus came to earth, he was right on time. They, you hear, uh, if they try to figure out exactly when he came as far as uh, at the time when uh, before Christ and after Christ came, uh, they'll say it maybe several years 
one way or the other. But you know what? Whatever it was, he was on time. He came and there was those shepherds out there in the field. They were out there. Uh, they were on time. They were doing their job, watching their sheep. God knew that. And that's probably one of the reasons he came to them. They were people that were alert. They were uh, applying their hearts to wisdom. And they were out there doing a humble job. And the Lord sent his angel to them to, to let them know he's here. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And they were thrilled. They wanted uh, to be a part of that announcement. And they went to Bethlehem. They said, let us eat, go even now. You know, when people hear that that God is available, that God is answering prayer, it's always wonderful to hear somebody say, you know, I'm going to seek that out. I'm going to look into that. And when you hear, start hearing that, uh, you know that God is going to continue to work. In the scripture reading, in the 16th verse, it spoke about an intercessor. No intercessor. You know, when I can, when I look back in my own life and I remember as, as a boy sitting back with mom when she would pray back in the seats and I could hear her crying. I knew there was a transaction going on between her and God. You know, my name probably got mentioned a few times, even when I was sitting right next to her drawing or whatever I was doing. But there was intercession going on. A number of years later, when uh, God, uh, I thought that there was no provision for me. I knew he was, God was saving other people, but I just didn't fit. I didn't work out for that. I just didn't think it could ever be. But you know, there was intercession going on and prayers were being prayed and God was being hearing the prayers in heaven and God moved his mighty hand. And we thank God for intercessors in Genesis 1823. We read about Abraham interceding for Lot. And I thought about that. You know, Lot was called a righteous man. He was many Christians would not would look dimly. On, on the way that he lived and heading off towards Sodom, going to a place that was not a holy place. But there, there was judgment coming for them. And, and so Abraham comes before the Lord and he made intercession for Lot. He was, he was, the other people were going to get in on it. They were going to be spared if they could find enough righteous people. But, Unfortunately, that was not the case and God had to judge them, but God still spared Lot and brought him out of that place through the intercession of a godly uncle named Abraham. In Isaiah 53, 12, a wonderful chapter about Jesus Christ, about the prophecy there. Isaiah is a wonderful book in that regard. And, and here it speaks about him making intercession for the transgressors. You know, he would have been concerned about Lot, yes, but he would have been also praying for the people of Sodom and saying, work in their lives. Heavenly Father, forgive them. He said that from the cross. He said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What an intercessor Jesus was. And you can be sure that his heavenly Father heard that. And you can also be sure that he was right there with the Lord. You know, when you think of some of these things and we, we speak about the Lord being at the right hand of the father and he's interceding for us even now. I don't think he's having to twist his heavenly father's arm to show mercy where mercy is needed. I don't think so. God is right there. They're in one accord, a perfect unity. And the spirit of God is in the world today. 
speaking to hearts. We pray that he will melt hearts. I think about this time of year. It seems like what a time we think of camp meeting time in our church uh, for a time to get saved. But what about Christmas time? I've heard of at least one individual who I love to hear him testify that he got saved about now, sometime in this season that he got saved. And our prayer is that God will open people's hearts and open their uh, minds and their eyes, everything that's needful so that they can be saved, so that the purpose of the Lord came would come to pass. When Moses started to appear before his own people, he we look on it as kind of going his own way on it. He he saw some wrong being done to his country men. He is one of his brethren. And so he took it upon himself to correct the matter. And that didn't go so good. We know it didn't. But the time came where God called him and said, you need to go and be that one that will stand in the gap, that will make up the hedge. There was a big need there. And Moses He tried to talk God out of it. He tried to uh, work his way out, but God wouldn't have it that way. And we thank God he already knew that Moses, uh, his heart and that he would he would come around and he did. But we thank God for those that will uh, do what he wants. But, you know, when you consider the fact that God is a provider, we think of temporal needs, physical needs. You know, God can take he can multiply the widow's oil. He can multiply the bread for 5,000 people and feed them all. No problem. But you know, there's other things that seem a little bit more complicated than that. When it comes to issues of willingness, someone that will say, I'll follow Christ. I'll preach the gospel. I'll live a godly life in an ungodly world. That gets a little bit different because God has left that answer up to us. And by the grace of God, uh, he's still able to provide in these ways, he finds the heart that's willing. In Genesis 22, 8, we find Abraham again going back to him, going up Mount Moriah with his son, Isaac. And Isaac's not, he's a smart man. I'm sure he was very intelligent. He's going along. They've got the fire and they've got the wood. And where's the sacrifice? We always have a sacrifice and it's a good one. It's one that's worthy to present to God. And that's what God wants from us today is to present ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. But Abraham, those famous words, he said, when that question was asked, what about the lamb? He was able to say, God will provide himself a lamb. I wonder what Abraham thought right about this. What did I just say? He said some words of faith. He said some words of prophecy. And oh, did God provide a lamb, the lamb of God that in Revelation 13, 8, we read he was slain from the foundations of the world. He knew what was coming. He was consecrated. The Bible speaks about him being consecrated forevermore. For Samuel 16, 1, Israel's in trouble again. They have they have king king trouble. King Saul, head and shoulders above the rest. He's he's the guy we want. You know, he looks good. He's strong. He can do what needs to be done. We can be like the nations around about us. And God, of course, had words to say to them about that, too. He he they were they were going their own way. Well, there was a need to replace Saul. And what did God say? That he had provided himself a king among the sons of Jesse. How does God do this? Well, we think of Jesus Christ. Well, that's automatic, right? 
He's God's son. He's going to do it. He's going to do what God wants. But again, it's so wonderful how God can bring somebody uh, to that point where he can show himself strong to them and show himself to be able to take them and make them what he would have them to be. And that happened. King David became the king of Israel and he was the right king. God blessed him and helped him. He had his troubles and trials, but uh, God uh, took him through. But God had provided. In Nehemiah 9.27, in the book of Judges, referring back to the book of Judges especially, I believe, where uh, one after another the judges would come and they would rise up. They would answer the call of God. And, and Israel, they were floundering. After the death of Joshua, they, and the elders that overlived Joshua, they, they did pretty good. But you know, they started forgetting. They started not reading their Bibles or something and not praying to God to help them. And so they started having spiritual trouble. But God would send saviors. It's, it's mentioned as a savior in Nehemiah 9.27, the prayer of the Levites there. And that's a good sounding word. I like that. Saviors. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna make the day. They're gonna, they're gonna save the day. They're gonna come in and when there's huge problems that no one can solve, there they are and they are in touch with God and they can be used of God to, uh, bring the victory to those people. And that's what happened. We thank God for it. But you know, one that gets a little bit closer to home, I believe, is in the New Testament, Philippians 4.19. Some of you already know what that is. Paul was, I think, commending the Philippians for their, them being generous. And he said, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And oh, what needs we have. You know, when a person needs to be saved, there's no one else to turn to but God. People turn to a lot of religions and a lot of things and, and it's all in vain. And until they can spend a lot of time in their search, you've heard of them in testimonies. And and it's amazing how that the Lord uh, brings them to himself, how he's able to uh, provide ways that someone says a word here or there or maybe hands them a gospel track and then uh, they can be saved. When they turn their life over to God, they repent of their sins. But he said he'll supply all of your need. What are your needs today? You know, there's needs and there's greeds. And uh, we, we talk about that from time to time. And we know that uh, God, uh, he's not too concerned about the greeds. But sometimes he does bless his people. And it seems like they've gotten their greeds kind of fulfilled too. But, but our needs, uh, they can be many. But you know, the Bible says he will supply them. A person feels a need in their life, especially for something God has promised. Well, God has provided it already and, and he'll make a way for you to receive it. He's the good shepherd. He'll help when man doesn't know what to do next. I think about back when I was praying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit back in uh, Murfreesboro, Illinois, 1979. And back in those days, it's probably that way too among young people more. There's more conversation and so forth. But people knew you're seeking. You go through the lunch line. And I remember one brother, he, he puts the food on my plate and he said, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Well, I knew what he was saying. I was seeking for the baptism. I hadn't got it yet. And, and it was like everybody was kind of ganging up on me. Well, there came a point where it seemed like they all just gave up on me. And folks, that's a pretty sad place to be. But God didn't give up. 
because he was he has already provided and he's the good shepherd. He's he's going to be right there. If your heart is is if you're sincere about it, God will take you through. And I remember just thinking, Lord, uh, you're going to help me some way, somehow. And I, I was sure looking to him and he did. He came through and I can tell others, you know, because sometimes you don't know what to tell somebody when you're trying to pray for them. But the Lord knows how to give us what we have need of. He's our provider. Well, in all of this, in all of uh, our uh, this knowledge that we have of what God has provided, what he has promised he will provide, we think, okay, well, what about me? Where do I fit in on this providing? What can I provide? Because when you think about God, Solomon spoke about he, the heaven of heavens can't contain him. I'm going to build him this little house. and Well, he sure did fill that up when he came down to visit. And they had a grand time because he did. But, you know, he realized that God doesn't need anything. But he has, he has created us to serve him and to love him. So our part is to give him ourselves. I think of that Christmas song, what can I give him? Poor as I am. If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. What can I give him? Give him my heart. I thought about Isaiah 6, 8. Familiar text there where Isaiah had that wonderful vision of the Lord. He saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. What a glorious vision he had. Well, the Lord knew all about that and why he was giving him that vision. Well, a little ways into it, uh, when Isaiah was just just totally overwhelmed by the glory of it, he hears this voice saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Well, again, God seemed to have a need. Well, he had a man right there that was fully convinced that to give God everything was the best thing. And so that's what he did. He just said, here am I, send me. I think about Elisha. When Elijah went by and cast the mantle on him, you can be sure that Elisha meditated on the things of God. He meditated about uh, the prophets of God and the message that they gave and the, the desire he had to serve God with all of his heart. Well, when that time came and Elijah threw that mantle on him, he just said, let's go. I'll go follow you. And it, Elijah didn't seem like he might have been all that easy to to be around sometimes. He was, he was a, he was a real man. He was, he was pretty rough around the edges, but you know what? He was God's man and God's spirit was with him. That's what we thank God for. We thank God for his provisions. Thank God for his physical provisions he gives. We, we thank him for those, but the spiritual part, the part of Christ where he came to be our sacrifice, to come as a baby to that vulnerable, who would choose to do that? You know, I, th- I thought about that in, in, in the way of, of, you know, God and his mighty power. He's got it all under control. Yes, there's the enemy out there and he's got his, his forces and all that. What if something happened? What if some, somebody didn't catch something and the old enemy got in? Well, you know, that can't happen because God has made a way. If we trust him, if we believe we're safe in the hollow of his hand and we thank God Jesus was safe, but he was willing. He still had to be willing to say, I'll be a baby. I'll come down and I'll uh, be under Mary and Joseph and I'll grow up and I'll obey them. He's a son of God. He's going to have to just do what mom says and, and just wait until that time came when he would go to the cross. What a savior. 
What a Savior. You watch His life. And, and when the times came, and the time He was going to go to Jerusalem, He said He set His face. He wasn't going to back down. He was going to go. Thank God He came. And He's come for you and for me. He's here today. He's here to answer our prayers. The ones that aren't serving Him, that don't know Him, they don't know their sins, are washed away. They can know that today. And He's provided a way that they can know whether or not they are saved. And they can be sanctified, filled with His Spirit. We have needs of divine healing. I don't know if there's ever been more time. I was just talking to somebody yesterday that... It seems like there's more people to pray for nowadays for healing than I've ever thought of in my life. And it could be because I'm somehow more aware. I'm not sure. But we have provision. We have a Savior. And He can do anything but fail. We look to Him. We trust in Him. And He will never fail us. And we thank God for that. We'll have a time of prayer at this time. Come seek the Lord. The Lord will not fail you. The Lord will not forsake. The Lord will not disappoint. Sometimes we get disappointed. But God will never truly disappoint anybody. He answers prayer. He honors faith. And he'll do that this morning. 597 is our song. Let's stand and come and pray.